My guest on this week's episode of Sudden Search is Shelly Fagan, Director of SEO at Credit Karma. Shelly is one of my favorite conference presenters. A short list of conferences she's spoken at includes PubCon, Digimarcom, Digital Summit, Tech SEO Boost, and many other places. She often appears on lists of the top SEOs in the world, including Search Engine Journal's list of the top SEO experts. In addition to her role at Credit Karma, Shelly is a brand ambassador for SEMrush. She frequently appears on webinars and educational material discussing the SEMrush platform. Shelly has a wide breadth of expertise, but one of the things she's known for is understanding the unique aspects of doing SEO on WordPress websites. I never considered WordPress as a viable CMS for a large enterprise brand, the sorts of brands that Shelly works with. I'm going to start our conversation talking about WordPress SEO for enterprise-sized clients. I'm also going to speak to her about the recent passing of Bill Slosky. Shelly and I were huge fans of Bill's, and his death is a major loss to the whole SEO community. Shelly will talk about Bill's generosity and how much he contributed to SEOs everywhere. Grab something cold to drink and join me for a conversation with Shelly Fagan. We'll talk about her transition from working in automotive to working in finance. We'll talk about algorithm changes and how much less important they seem today versus 10 years ago. We'll spend a little time talking about AI-generated content. All right, Shelly Fagan, welcome to Susan Search. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you on. I have a lot I wanted to ask you about. This is my first time officially meeting you, so I'm really happy we could do this. For those who don't know, we're talking on a Friday afternoon. I am just keeping Shelly from her weekend activities, uh, so I really appreciate you doing this for me. You know, you're the director of SEO for Credit Karma. This is like enterprise SEO, if I've ever heard of it. And at the same time, you know, I was kind of researching you. There's a lot of speaking and tweeting and uh, like talk about WordPress. So I don't think of WordPress when I think of enterprise CRMs. I think of that for like my kind of SMB clients. You know, am I misinformed? Is, Is WordPress more popular in the enterprise world than I would have thought? Um, You know, surprisingly, there's a lot of big enterprise brands that utilize WordPress. Um, I don't think it's it's commonly known. Um, But yeah, I started obviously in WordPress with smaller companies. um, And I I always had a background, a little bit in development as well as in SEO. and, And WordPress was always my CMS of choice. Um, and I actually, before coming to Credit Karma, I worked in-house at, um, with Cox Automotive, so Kelly Blue Book and Auto Trader, and a good chunk of their website as well um, is run off of WordPress. No kidding. Um, and so, yeah, so pretty much a lot of the editorial um, content that you would find um, would be on the WordPress side. And, and so WordPress VIP was my first chance, um, you know, getting to work and partner with the VIP team. And, and um, it kind of blows me away how similar it really is to what we do with our smaller sites. Um, but then is, has its own ecosystem as well. So yeah, and I was able to continue that. Um, it's, a, it's a portion now kind of what I do over at Credit Karma, but we, we have um, our CMSs lean heavily into uh, WordPress. Yeah. That's so interesting to me. Well, the one thing I can say about WordPress is that it has this like stickiness effect like nothing else. Like when I first started, I got hack around in different CMSs and, and, and stuff like that. And there were a bunch of like custom CMSs for different people, but not anymore. If it's not WordPress, I'm like, the hell with this. Like this stinks. Like I have to learn something new. Um, so th- I guess this might be a hard question for you to answer because you're sort of an evangelist for 
for Word, WordPress, but uh, when people choose not to use WordPress, why do they do that? If this is an effective solution for enterprise, which would be like the reason I would think not to do it, why why doesn't everybody use WordPress? Right, I know. Well, because I think especially the bigger the company, the more complicated they like to make it. Um, they tend to think they need to be entirely custom, um, which back in the day, like maybe 10 plus years ago, really that was what you had to do. Um, but you don't have to do that anymore. WordPress is, and, and there's some other really strong CMSs as well, but I tend to favor WordPress. Um, it's so flexible um, and it definitely sees to um, businesses of all shapes and sizes and demographics and, and niches. Um, and when it's configured right and running off the right hosting platform, mm -hmm. um, you can absolutely utilize it for high traffic enterprise brand that gets a lot of traffic. So it's, um, there's no sense and we have so many limited, people are fighting for resources. Um, you think at enterprise level, there's so many resources, but there's so many more people to fight over them. So yeah. it just makes sense to be efficient where you can. Um, and we don't need to reinvent the wheel anymore. Um, and I, I, I feel like we lean in where we can um, to just unlock teams and, and just help things be done quicker and more efficient, and more effectively. Um, and WordPress has been one of those tools that we've been able to utilize for that. Okay, well, very interesting. You mentioned it, that you made a transition from AutoTrader to, uh, to Credit Karma. Mm -hmm. I thought that was an interesting transition. Like, Finance, in my brain, is generally a trickier subject, I would think, with the YMYL and EAT and all of that, right. that whole world. Uh, you know, you transitioned from automotive, which doesn't have to deal with any of that. Uh, what was that transition like? I mean, you you really are the YM, the your money part of that yeah. YMYL vertical. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, what was, was, that, was that transition complicated or was it SEO is SEO, no big deal? You know, I mean, there's always a lot of similarities across the board, um, but yes, there was definitely a big learning curve um, just on the business side of things. Um, and then adding in, like you said, the, those um, YMYL and EAT and how it applies to your money, your life, and, and that definitely adds a whole nother layer that I hadn't really experienced before. So it's been fun. Um, I've enjoyed it. Um, I always, I think that's probably why I've always been drawn to SEO is just the challenge and constantly changing things. And, um, and quite honestly, I've always been really fascinated with personal finance and, um, and I don't know if it's like probably a lot of similarities between being an SEO, what draws us to search is that the optimization and not like optimizing for Google and optimizing for the user. I'm very much doing that in our personal finance. You know, we're optimizing for ourselves and giving people the tools to do that, I think is some of the most powerful things that you can do. Um, so it was a big change, like industry-wise. Um, Job-wise as well, it was a big change for me because I went from being a um, senior SEO product manager um, and then moving into a director role. And so I do have some crossovers because I was, um, drawn into this position because of my WordPress background. Um, but I get a chance to build and lead a phenomenal team and help um, honestly foster the growth of like the next generation of search rock stars. Like we have some really great 
people on our team um, that are fairly new within the first several years um, working in the search industry. Um, and I feel so incredibly blessed um, to have them. So so much fun. Um, I love that. Yeah, that's great. I, I love the mentoring aspect of that too. So yeah, um, I, I was surprised how much well, I loved it. <laughs> I, I believe it. So I would kind of ask you a couple there's some some hot topics in the news of SEO right now. We're filming this on June 10th. I read that Google finished rolling out their May update yeah. yesterday. You know, the SEO community community is like uncharacteristically patient. They're not like rushing to say what's what's going on here. It's sort of surprising to me. I, I wonder, um, yeah, what you, you're probably talking to SEOs all the time. You know, what have you heard? What have you seen from other SEOs uh, that was a result of this update? Right. Um, honestly, we're still kind of in the dark. Um, you know, we we've seen mixed things internally, um, almost like an initial dip followed by a spike. So, like trying to be hopeful, but you know, it's just. It's really hard to once Google starts rolling these out to do immediate judgments because you really need a larger data set of data to look at to even know if you were truly affected one way or the other. Um, there's just so much ebbs and flows and adjustments that tends to come out sometimes during that period. And um, but then then getting together with the community and analyzing it like with or even just internally at our company, it might affect different sections and different types of content more than it does others. So it really takes a while to dig in and, and really analyze that, how it affected um, maybe our cards content versus our reviews versus our, our editorial and our journalism um, and our advice pieces and and um, in our marketplace. Um, so it's, it's, we, that's what we basically have been in the thick of it. Um, but I try not to spend too much time unless we're seeing anything alarming. Um, you know, it's, it's just a normal thing because Google's always rolling out updates and honestly, just keep on doing what you're doing and, and aiming to, to put out good content, to put out great technically sound sites. Um, that doesn't change a lot from day to day. We're, we're always doing that and working to build our authority in this space and, you know, making sure that we're seen as trustworthy. So it doesn't really change our strategy or what we're doing because that's, you know, just is what it is. You know, it's always coming. I know. I, you know, it's so interesting. I, I don't know. I don't want to uh, date you or like say how long you've been in SEO or anything like that, but I've been doing this for since 2007. And the like, it seems to me like algorithm algorithm updates are less, you know, exciting to the SEO community right. than they once were. You know, I mean, like Penguin impacted three percent of all searches. That's crazy. Right. I mean, it seems like there's less excitement around this subject than there used to be. I I, I wonder if that's uh, if you agree with that sentiment. Oh, one hundred the reason why. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I have such vivid, strong memories of algorithm updates, like right. what was happening around that time, and everything, all the conversations around them, and and Panda, and like just it was definitely way more of a big deal than I think it is now. I I definitely think it's it's we have. I, I would guess maybe it's just more frequent adjustments before you have to have to really wait. 
um, for Google to push out that next adjustment to recover if you were affected. Um, sometimes that happens now, but I think, um, you know, they've done a better job of baking everything in live into their algorithms. Um, and so I don't think you see like these big drastic, like where a lot of people are hit as common as we used to. Um, we still do, um, but unless, um, you definitely don't hear as much chatter around it compared to in the past for sure. And, and yeah, I'm, I've got, I started in the industry. I don't even want to say so a little bit before <laughs> you. <laughs> I love it. Well, um, listen, this is, a. Uh... This is another hot topic is AI generated content. You know, I, I awesome. recently saw some announcements from Google and John Mueller in particular. Um, and I actually recently saw some AI generated content that wasn't horrible. It wasn't good, uh, yeah. but it's like, you know, some significant editing away from being maybe okay. Um, I think it's easy to dismiss some of this AI generated content and like be like, but this is just the beginning stages, you know, like in 10 yeah. years, you know, stuff might actually be good. I don't know. Yeah, as, as you look toward the future, where, where do you see this GPT-3 AI-generated content playing yeah. a role? Um, yeah, that's a really tough one. And, and I'm not going to lie and say I haven't played around with it a little bit just to get a good grasp and understanding of the capabilities. Um, I've never come across many examples to where it still wouldn't require very heavy human editing in order to provide value to a user. So for me, I see it as more as like a tool potentially for, for building something. And, and I think, yeah, for a little while, Google might have been fooled by some of these early releases um, that got content out and indexed, but they, they've done a good job of staying on top of AI and, and machine learning that I think they'll be able to detect for the most part. Um, they might be always playing a little game of cat and mouse, it's hard to say. Um, but I mean, as far as a professional, um, you know, it's it's always been good to stay on top of changes to technologies like this and being aware of what we're going up against, um, using it as a tool internally. I think that's just not really belong in the enterprise world for sure. Um, I would say it probably doesn't belong in any small business because, you know, it's against Google's terms of service. So, um, you know, if you're looking to generate a content brief to give to your copywriters, like with an outline, um, touch points, and, and they're writing something entirely new, that would be maybe the way that I could see that playing a role. But as far as like entirely writing pieces of content and publishing, it just wouldn't be my chosen route to, to do. Although I know there's a lot of people that are, you know, that they, they, they can play with it and they have fun sites and things that if they lose overnight, it's not someone's livelihood in their business. And then that's totally fun. But, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I think it comes back to something you said earlier, too, which is like, it does violate Google's terms of service. So yeah. what are you going to do now? Like now you do have to sweat the, the algorithm updates and everything like yeah, that because yeah. you're, viol you're, you're coloring outside the lines a little bit. So, um, all right, cool. So in addition to your work at Credit Karma, your uh, familiar presence at SEMrush, um, and unless your LinkedIn deceives me, you have a title there as brand ambassador. So what's going on at SEMrush these days and what does a brand ambassador do? 
Honestly, I'm not really sure what's going on these days. Um, once COVID hit, you know, there's the events that we were doing um, slowed down dramatically. And I know they changed um, around internally a lot. Um, when I was very actively doing stuff with SEMrush before COVID, um, I actually started as a community manager. So um, I worked, I was a, not just a brand ambassador, but I was actually, um, I ran their Facebook community when we started it. So if anyone's a member of the SEMrush All-Stars on Facebook, um, I had the pleasure of starting that group. Um, it was wonderful, it was a lot of fun. Um, and I still enjoy being a part of the group. Um, and, and also in addition to running the Facebook group, um, which I did for about a year, if I remember right. Um, then I also did a lot of speaking on, on behalf of SEMrush. And so um, conferences um, and local events as well. And it was a lot of fun. I've always been um, a user of SEMrush um, since literally the very, I want to say like the third month they ever launched so it was, i went back in fact when i became an employee i went back and looked up on my original account and i think i started in like december of 2009 i feel like wow that's when i started using it i just always loved the tool um and i've used others you know over the years and hrfs and all the moz tool sets which have all been very awesome as well but i always really just had a preference for some rush and so it was kind of like my dream to get a chance to partner with them and and um, help expose others to the tool um, and do, I did a lot of um, courses that, or not courses, but um, classes that were teaching, teaching the tool as well. So, but yeah, but it was fun. Um, I enjoyed doing it. I hope I, once COVID hit, I we do some webinars and stuff. Um, but live events aren't fully back in swing yet. So hopefully once they are, I'll get a chance to start doing some more stuff. Semrush. Well, the, like the webinars are great. Um, Semrush just, they just keep coming out with awesome content and cool ideas for things they could do. And so looking forward to, to, to watching you from afar. So um, last thing is, last question for you is I was checking out your Twitter before you came on and I, I was looking at some retweets from the the late great Bill Slosky. So this is the first time I've talked to any SEO about uh, Bill Bill Slosky since his death. Uh, and it's a big loss for the SEO community. I feel like, you know, who's going to go do all that hard work of reading these pants and, and translating it back to the community? I, I wonder if you can talk about his impact and his oh, legacy God. broadly and, and how, how it's been to, for you. I mean, his legacy, there one, there's just no one like him. No. Um, I, I, I will date myself. I started back in the industry in like 2002. Um, and there was not a lot of people out there blogging and, and writing and sharing their information. And like early on, it was like in the forums and, and I was like a major creeper back in the day. Like I, <laughs> I had major imposter syndrome. I mean, I still do to this day. But so I would lurk and read and just consume everything that everyone was talking about and all of the research. And I just, he always stood out to me early on as just being so generous, um, brilliant. I mean, just the insights, it's, it's honest and, and he's very truthful with everyone. And 
and just so forthcoming with sharing the knowledge that that he um, he learns by digging in and just doing. And then obviously then as he transitioned into like patents and, and when he, um, that was something that had always blown me away because I never even would have thought to dig in and start reading Google's patents. And I don't even know if I'd have the attention span to do so, my ADD mm -hmm. brain, but I was so grateful the fact that he could and he could do it with a lens coming from a legal background and translate it for us simple folks <laughs> but i mean just the stories i mean from everyone that i've heard over the last couple of weeks since his passing it was it was really hard i was in napa um for um the um dmo event the digital marketing um I think it's organization used to be advanced search summit in Napa. And we were actually there with some of his team members when, when the news broke and it, it, you could tell it just devastated those he worked with on a day-to-day -day basis. And, um, and it just it changed and the whole, the whole tone of the event definitely changed and you could tell people were in mourning and, um, and then being a part of, um, some of the, we, we did an online like memorial to Bill and the stories of everyone who had a chance to, to just connect with him or, or know him who were lucky enough to um, just, just speaks volumes about who he was. So the, the community is definitely, will see and feel the loss of Bill's for a very long time. And um, I know I will cherish um, SEO by the sea. I really, hope that we do something to make sure it stays around mm -hmm. um for generations to come to be able to continue to learn from the stuff that he so generously um wrote for the industry so yeah, yeah. no that's really well said i mean it's just it's a it's a it's a huge loss and i think you said two things that were really stuck with me which is like when i first started there was no podcast there was no like video even like whiteboard fire the first video i can remember seeing yeah. later on all blogs you had to read and he was like the that was one of those ones you had to read it if you wanted to know oh, he was yeah. he was uh, you wouldn't count five seos without saying bill slotsky was the top seo you know like he was right. he was up there in terms of his contributions and then what a yeah you know, that's the word i would use like legacy like he just really left um this industry a lot better uh, because of his contributions like again you wouldn't name five names without saying bill slosky in terms of like who's made the biggest impact like it's uh it's a huge loss and uh just seems like such an intelligent you know gifted the, the, the work that he did nobody's gonna do like that's 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 the sad part like nobody's gonna go through those patents and do what he did like it's it's that field is is that terrain is not gonna be covered for a long time because right. i don't think there's gonna be another bill slosky so there's not. Yeah. And if there's people doing it, most of them are keeping it to themselves. You know, they're not right. sharing their findings. And and honestly, I'll be quite honest, since especially since I went in-house, I spent a lot of time in meetings. Um, I don't have as much time for the community that I used to, mm -hmm. which makes me really, really sad. Um, but I really think his passing and just really thinking about just how much, um, you know, 
money that he passed up because instead of like taking on a high paying client, he was taking the time instead to to educate and just help the the industry and the community as a whole. And that really for me, it made me like I mentally like made a commitment to myself that I'm going to be more active again. And probably my Twitter has been pretty, pretty silent over the last like, year and a half, but try to be more active. I mean, honestly, Twitter was where we learned everything in the, in the early days, it was just the place to be. And, and Bill was one of the first people that I followed and anything he tweeted every time he published, you definitely went straight to his blog and, and consumed everything that he published. So I'm so incredibly grateful. I definitely owe um, the success of my career to the early work and the education that he put out there. So I really hope that I can um, do the same, hopefully to just a small impact in comparison, but I'm gonna try to step it up myself. So right. <laughs> he, he inspired that. that. Well, that's a, that's a great way to sign off. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll really miss him, but it's, uh it's been wonderful to connect with you. If, if people want to learn more about you or, or connect with you, and, you know, you mentioned Twitter, but like, what's, what's the best way for people to connect with you yeah. if they're interested in learning more? Twitter, um, LinkedIn, either place connect with me. Um, I, like I said, I'm going to try to be more active on Twitter. Um, uh, but definitely, um, you know, if you have any questions, I, I definitely welcome the connection requests and it, I always try to keep watch on my, my direct messages that I get through both platforms. So, yeah. All right. Well, awesome. Well, this has been really fun. I'm going to give you a virtual cheers uh, for now. It was so great to meet you <laughs> and to have you on. I, I understand you're going to Vegas next week, so I hope you win lots of money. And uh, for the rest of us, I'll, I'll be back next week for another episode of Sense and Search. Thanks again, Shelly. How exciting. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You have a great day.